and welcome to Sutro Side Talk, episode 154. I'm your host, Kamran Shushtar, and with me is... James Selig. We are recording... Uh, this is our second episode of recording today. Uh, just a couple hours ago, we recorded episode 153, part 1. We actually haven't recorded part 2 yet. It's still Sunday, the 12th of June, and uh, yeah, it's... It's our extra early episode because next week I won't be here to record. I'll be in Denver, Colorado with some friends. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. The here. original idea was to record like three episodes this weekend and that did not happen. <laughs> yeah. It was, we were also trying to, we're considering recording an episode of Suture Sidewatch as well. Uh, we were going to do our February episode for Goldfinger, but just i mean i as you can see right now for right now we're recording at like 9 15 and uh my subwatch co-host brandon would be at 12 15 right now so he <laughs> would not be down for this at all uh i think we'll record during that small span of time i'll be back but yeah basically um i think we're going to be doing a, a a little bit of i think this is the only double recording we have we might have another i'm not too sure but uh yeah i'll be in denver one week and then i'll be back for like less than a week and then i'll be gone again going to fucking disneyland so yeah it's just kind of june is a little crazy and then the time i'm not out and about i have a bunch of things i'm just trying to get done this included this week has been insane with all the news and shit but yeah instead uh for 154 we're going to talk about a movie we saw recently bob's burgers and uh Bob Burger, Bob Burger Mobile. Yeah, the yeah, the fucking Burger Mobile. We'll talk uh, about that and some other backlog stuff. Some just backlog stuff. That's not backlog, but uh, some backlog stuff we have. Uh, we'll get through some some things. It'll be a shorter episode. I'm thinking around an hour, probably, uh, maybe less, depending on how much we get to done. But I don't think we're going even close to an hour and a half this time at all, just because. Nah, I doubt it. Yeah, we don't also want to be here too long either, because we've been covering so much fucking gaming news and netflix shit and everything else it's just been kind of exhausting among other things too so uh yeah this is sutra side talk where we watch we talk uh what we've been watching and playing as well as uh, slot gaming news but like i said uh 153 part one and two is all purely news so 154 here is going to be just what we've watched and played nothing else uh 155 i think we'll be back to normal but we'll we'll talk what's coming at the uh at the end of the show because I got a list of things, but at the end. Uh, but with that said, let's just jump right into it. So Bob's Burgers, and usually like any other thing we feature here, whether it's a game or movie or show, it's going to be spoiled. So just adds up there, check out the time code if you don't want to get spoiled on Bob's Burgers, and you just want to listen to anything else we've watched or played. But yeah, we saw that movie in theaters, and it was pretty funny. It was a good time. Yeah, uh, I mean... It kind of just felt like a long episode of the show, which yes, is kind of hard so. to do like a, a movie based off a cartoon and make it not feel like that, I guess. Yeah, it, it needs to feel like uh, I feel like the only time it ever feels like not a long episode is if it's a movie that is supposed to close the show. Like the show's ended uh, and they're doing one movie as like an yeah. extra thing. But if it's like in the middle, then it just kind of it's like the Simpsons movie where it's like, oh, you know, it next episode is the spider pig there like i don't fucking yeah. I, I stopped watching the show i don't, I don't actually know yeah but, i didn't even know that bob's burgers was still going on uh, for some reason i thought it was like 
done several years ago, but there's like, yeah, you said there's 12 seasons now. Yeah. So I thought there was like six seasons. I'm pretty sure I watched like six seasons and then I looked on and on Hulu and I'm like 12 fucking seasons. What? What the fuck happened? And, you know, this isn't it's funny because all these shows you, you they get old over time. You know, they, they get tiring. You get fatigued by them. Exhibit A, Simpsons. Exhibit B, Family Guy. Like, they kind of just grow old and stuff. The only ones that didn't were, like, Futurama because it got canceled. Several and, times. Yeah, several times. So it and then they brought it back consistent. several times and they're doing it again. Yeah, and when they brought it back each time, it felt good because we'd missed it for so long and it wasn't... There's so much they could still do. And at least from what I watched so far, now that I know I have six more seasons to watch, of Bob's Burgers... Like, it was a very consistent, good show. I never had any complaints about it. It never felt old. Each episode felt like there was some progression a little bit or whatever adventure they're going on that day. And it was just great. And the fact that, um, I forget the voice actor's name, but, you know, he's the same as Archer. Uh, uh, H. John Benjamin, I think. Was that it? Okay, yeah. And he's always great because I just, they, it's the exact same voice. Like, I don't think he changes his voice at no, all. It's just all. like. One is more mellow and one's more like, ah, Lana. <laughs> and then, you know, like that's, that's it. But, uh, otherwise it's John Benjamin. Okay, cool. The, the movie itself though, it stood in line with the rest of the show. Like, like Jim said, it just felt like a longer episode. It was consistently good. I think I laughed throughout the whole film. Whether it was small or big, but there was just some great stuff. Dude, like, Luis got, like, the funniest shit for me. Maybe not necessarily her, but, like, shit around her. Like, one where she kept, like, like the, um, what even is he? Like, the counselor kept trying to, like, see if she was all right or whatever. Isn't he, like, a teacher and and a counselor? Or is he just the counselor? I don't know. I'm not sure. And and she would just, like, growl at him and he would just be like, (laughs) "Ah!" And then, like the funniest thing in the movie was like probably towards the end where uh like her hat falls off and he's like freaking out because this is like never happens and he's like oh my god i could get like support uh like sock puppets or whatever like asap is like miss whatever her name is like off like off like in the background like go get these sock puppets and she's just no. Serves, like no <laughs> i love the voice it's so so good uh, oh so my god it was so great yeah, no, it was, it, it's, I love that this show, like I said, I don't, I don't know how season seven through 12 or I don't even know where I left off. I honestly don't have any idea where I, I'm so just not sure where I'm at. I'm probably just going to rewatch the entire series, uh, which shouldn't be, too, it, it couldn't be too bad. I was going to do that for Archer too, but I should just switch between like one season than the other season, just so I can just keep hearing his voice fluctuate between Dude, the shows. Funniest, the funniest thing in Archer is probably when they started an episode where, he, or like pretty much the whole episode, he thought he was Bob. Yeah, and his like, family's so it's, funny. his whole family's animated in the Archer style. That was so fucking funny. I yeah, I'm I'm Bob and I I, I make burgers. He had the fucking mustache. That was so good. But yeah, no, it's it, it's so consistent. It's great. Uh, it keeps you laughing like throughout the whole thing. And I love that the plot doesn't even feel like you know, like you look at the Simpsons movie and they're like, oh, my God, EP, the EPA is going to destroy Springfield or EPA, you know, like the yeah. the agency and stuff. And they have to end up saving Springfield and all this stuff. And it's detrimental to the entire town. 
And for Bob's Burgers, it's just like, oh, a sinkhole opened up in front of the restaurant when it, the summer starts. It's literally like they they can't pay their bank loan. So they yeah. ask for an extension and they get denied and they're just like, ah, shit, we got to figure out a way to make like a bunch of money real fast. Not just and, to like save the business, but well, I mean, I guess kind of it's literally just to pay their bank loan. That's the plot. Well, that's the funny part is if they couldn't pay their bank loan they don't lose the house or the restaurant they just lose their equipment that they used to cook and it's so much of like a i love when bob is just like freaking out throughout dinner the whole time oh my god (laughs) and then like as they're going like oh genie's like like past the he's just like i think i held it together for the kids real like pretty well but i don't know if you could tell but i'm freaking out linda it's like yeah no you were fine uh yeah, for for no, he was not holding it well in front of the he kids. He just literally was sit, sitting at the table, going like, "Oh no, oh god, oh no." I love Gene's like pass the it was like pass the potatoes, and he passes them butter. Oh, that's okay. This is better. Yeah, this is better. <laughs> <laughs> he just eats the uh, butter. <laughs> oh my god, no. the I forget what the lawyer's name was, but he's like the cousin of Mister. What was his name? Mister Fish. F- Mister Fish Odor. Yeah, Fish Odor. And the the cousin's just like, I have a crossbow with a single bolt, and that's it. And that's all he, he like shoots it, and I'm like, wait, the thread is no longer there. He no longer has the single thing he had. It, it's it's the most non-threatening, threatening villain you could possibly ever have in a movie. And everything from... I guess like the chase that they go on to him just kind of like oh, hitting God, their yeah, car, like the bumper cars or whatever. God, yeah, the so bumper funny. cars with the just off rails, and he just hits it down, and they fall in there. It, it's so good the way they pull that off because you, the entire film, it's just like you feel like there's not really a threat because it's just so minor. It's like oh no, first world problems, <laughs> kind of. I don't know. It's it, it's just so funny the way they pull. <laughs> oh that shit! Off. It's the food inspectors. <laughs> Oh my god, that was great. And then they have to like move everything. Oh god, Bob the cart. <laughs> oh wait, the hockey game's on. Oh god. Yeah, like Teddy Fucking like Teddy. crying over the cart. God, that was so funny. That was great. Uh, I think that yeah, the fact that they have a mobile cart. Like at a certain point they have a mobile cart and all of Trey. It's just a broken... It just looks like it's made out of scraps that Teddy put together. And yeah, he includes an olive tray. And it's like, oh, well, you're waiting for your burger. Would you like an olive? And like, it's such a weird thing. And people, of course, are like, yeah, sure, I'll take an olive. Personally, I would not like olives. But I love how he's like, can I get the toothpick back? (laughs) (laughs) He's like, oh, wait, never mind. My friend Linda's telling me you could keep them. (laughs) That was so gross. Or the... The weird thing about this is, all right, I don't, if I recall correctly, the show doesn't do music, right? It doesn't yeah, do musicals. I was not expecting this movie to have like musical uh, segments, but it seems like every American animated movie has to have like some songs in it. It's weird. Yeah, except for The Simpsons didn't, right? I think they still had like a couple. But it's been do so Do you long. count the Green Day introduction? And they did the con- the Green Day concert. Is that what the? No, I just I vaguely remember there being like a musical segment when like Homer was wandering in Alaska or something. But maybe I'm wrong. 
Oh, it's the one where everyone leaves and the song, I guess he met Marge plays. Oh, he goes on that like vision quest. Oh, and the Indian was like, Hell! Yeah. Oh, oh, he's like breathing in his face. Until his head exploded. <laughs> yeah. And then he like pushes her off of him. Uh, God. All right. Yeah. Back to Bob's Burgers though. It, it's fun because this movie had, I want to say three or four, like there's the, oh, all right. The overall plot is we got to pay off the loan. And then there's like multiple subplots. One subplot is like the murder of who killed whoever yeah, who killed that is in there. The other subplot is from the, each of the co- kids. Cotton Candy Dan. Yeah. It's like the, I guess, would you say that the murder is the main plot and the loan is a subplot? Because each set of characters, it's basically uh, Bob and Linda have the loan plot. Gene's uh, plot is the weakest where it's just the we want to play yeah. At the festival, Tina's is can I? I want to uh, ask out. What was his name? Uh, Junior? Jimmy Junior. Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Pesto Junior. Jimmy Pesto Junior to be uh, her summer her summertime boyfriend, and then uh, Luis is probably the strongest. Was the whole like removing the hat and just being brave? Yeah. Uh, um. So yeah. I guess the. I guess the, the murder solving the... the murder thing is probably the main plot. Okay. Like so it's like the plot that encompasses the whole family whereas each family member has their own sub portion of like those different things. That it's are going weird cuz like now that I think about it like Bob and Linda trying to save the um the restaurant by just like selling burgers is kind of more of a side plot even though like it's what started the whole movie. Yeah, it's like not really the, the murder main is thing. what encompasses the whole family. Yeah. yeah. Uh, more or less starting with the kids and then dragging the adults into it yeah so you have yeah you have those five i guess yeah five plots four subplots one main plot and yeah in terms of like ranking them it's easily like luis's is probably the best personally i would say than the murder than the uh the loan because of all the dumb shit that occurs alone and then in tina's because of the fucking daydream or dream that she has yeah and then it would be uh, Gene's uh, kind of whatever band yeah, thing. and like trying to make that instrument work. Yeah, the fucking weird-ass instrument. And it's funny the way they pulled off is where like each each of the characters goes through like a dream of what they want to happen and then like a negative piece of no, but this is what can occur. And for Gene's, it's yeah. like, yeah, no one wants to show up and watch him play the fucking weird-ass whatever the hell that was uh for tina it was just like she is overplaying it in her head where she's her own worst enemy being like uh i don't know if jimmy jr will like me which but is also... like super relatable though well that's yeah that's like any other person especially at that age because you yeah. you're over you're overthinking you're creating things in your head which oh, yeah. could be to a point where it's like what if you're crushing on somebody and like i love not that like... scene where she's trying to throw away the brett the brettless the like the beret necklace thing oh right god words are weird and she's like can't quite get it away it's like kept so sticking stupid. there yeah uh, but yeah like you know when you have a crush and you make stuff up in your head about them and it could not potentially match yeah, to like what the they fantasy really are is always going to be more perfect than reality yeah but it's not real exactly um but her daydream is so fucking so ridiculous it's like uh, I everything. Forgot she had a thing for zombies. Yeah, I I didn't remember that at all. <laughs> uh, that she was into zombies for some reason. She's in a Jimmy Pesto Junior's fucking butt 
And then, uh, yeah. And for some reason, he keeps like, "Oh yeah, take your pants off." And he's like, "Oh, okay, yeah. Tina." You'd be more aerodynamic without your pants. Oh yeah, you're you, taking you, them off. Good, that's awesome. Take take your pants off while you're riding this horse. I It'll love, help you ride better. I love when we're like looking at the credits, like at, at the end of the movie. It's like Paul Rudd was the horse. Yeah, the horse. So this is the weird part. The horse could talk, and it was fucking Paul. He had like one Rudd. line. He had only one line. That's the best part. He's literally just like, why are we slowing down? I don't like to slow down. I like to go fast. Uh, God, I love Paul Rudd so much. It's so random. That dude's hilarious. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Um, otherwise, yeah, they those two have that thing occurring, or like Gene and Tina. Uh, Bob and Linda, their whole adventure of just, we need to pay off the loan. And it's like, what's the worst thing that could happen? And then, like the sinkhole occurs and they try to fill the sinkhole. And now there's a body in the sinkhole. Blo- like it only blocks off their, ha- their like only. Yeah. Jimmy Pesto is theirs. literally fucking laughing. He's like, ah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think he has a line in this movie, but it was, yeah, you just see his face and it tells you everything you needed to know. And, uh, yeah, they, they go through with the fucking, not even a food. It's like a food cart, not even a food truck. It's a food cart. And yeah, Teddy put it together. We already know that. And like, it's just so ridiculous. Them and the carnies are all just like giving them shit. They're like, wait, you're not supposed to be here. And they just like give chase to him. Yeah. Uh, God, it was so weird. But <laughs> Luis has the most interesting because one, she's afraid to have her hat come off. And she is like a, because, you know, she's a little kid before, even though she's still a little kid. She has like a. She's like getting self-conscious of like am i not growing up fast enough and stuff like that and also altered memory of like how she remembers how she got the hat yeah and you know you don't think we knew this the entire series like you find out about the origin of the hat and it's actually really interesting because she's like oh you know i i got it so i could be yeah, brave and it really was really sweet and the, the real version yeah and the, you know bob's like uh oh it's because that was the hat my mom wore yeah and... my mom always wore like this bright pink hat and it I wanted to do that because it reminded me of her and stuff like that. Yeah, and he gave it to T- uh, <laughs> and Linda just had uh, extra uh, extra materials. So she made rabbit ears. Yeah, <laughs> so random. <laughs> oh god, that was great. And I, I, it was very heartfelt because it's like you know I, I really wish you got to meet her, but you never did. And I'm always sad about that. But I was like, oh, that's really that's actually really well done. I don't think even in the show, I don't know if they ever had a wholesome part at least yeah, so far. But I ever watched. talked about that before. Yeah, so it was probably the most wholesome thing they've done in the show so far and i say the show because honestly this movie counts as the show it's like like i said it's just an extended fucking episode it's like uh the demon slayer um mugen train yeah mugen train thing it's just like you can cut it up into like a multi-part episode yeah it's not like uh it's not like the cowboy bebop movie or trigun movie or any of those other ones where you're just kind of like where does this lie what is it what is it it's like oh it takes place in between here and here but it's completely irrelevant fuck it and it's just like oh oh, okay Or, like, all the Dragon Ball movies where it's, like, is this even, like, canon? Like, pretty much most <laughs> anime movies, honestly, that, like, go hand-in-hand hand with the series are usually like that for some strange reason. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, it was a good movie. And I think the also ridiculous thing was when uh, Luis goes into the hole and the skeleton falls on her. Oh, and she God, screams and the fucking the teeth, teeth fell in her mouth. Oh, oh, my God. I love how Imagine, she, she also happens to keep like the one weird tooth that like solves a memento. the memento. Yeah, I just love that she's like, I, I just love the the idea of 
What if a dead body fell on you and it's so decomposed that its teeth fall into your mouth? How would you feel about like, how would you? I love how she's describing it to Bob later. She's like, yeah, those teeth fell in my mouth. It tasted like death. I tasted death. I mean, that is how you Uh, taste death. That really is uh, like a way to taste death. Then technically, I would say. That'd work. Um, Yeah. You know, that that reminds me of, um, do you remember the road to El Dorado? Oh, yeah. Remember when they get off the boat and they're like kissing the sand and Miguel accidentally, like they're kissing the sand, their eyes are closed and there's a skull on the beach. And Miguel accidentally like goes up and starts kissing the skull and they're like, oh shit, skeletons. <laughs> and like when they come back, like it shows Miguel like this. <laughs> Just like fucking rubbing his mouth off. It's so fucking good. Like that's, I think that's like how you'd potentially react. Probably. Maybe, yeah. But yeah, overall the movie is great. It's funny because like it, it came out the same time as Top Gun Maverick, so it's kind of like, oh, how are you gonna? Do I still this, need to guys? watch Top Gun so that I can watch Maverick, and so we can talk. It's about also that. on Paramount Plus. Knock that out too with the South Park stuff. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, get to it, dude. You got you got until I come back from Denver. So that yeah, that's fair. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's I don't know. There's not really. I always feel like with animated movies, it's harder to really talk about them like because whereas like a live action film i feel like there's a lot more to break down if that makes sense like when we talked about everything everywhere all at once when we talked about um dr strange and shit there's a lot more just to like kind of go through it whereas bob's were like animated shit like this it's like i don't know you kind of talk about it and yeah. there's not much else i mean it's it. pretty simplistic it's not nothing complicated it's just it's a fun movie yeah definitely was so. not expecting it to be a musical or at least have musical segments uh, yeah i'll say actually that yeah we just mentioned that it had music but yeah the music in it was interesting i think like when they're singing with the carnies that was very strange that was so and weird. the way they danced too is also very it's like because bob's burgers animation which the animation like just kind of like movie-fied version of the show kind of like the simpsons did with theirs uh the animation for the dancing is so just strange but it's also strange matching like i mean you look at the bob's burgers character yeah i mean the characters just already look strange yeah they're all like they're weird shin people like they, they like just it honestly don't... it took me a little while to get used to the art style like it grew on me but like initially i was like oh it's weird they like don't have chins or anything yeah exactly they're, they're like aliens honestly yeah, yeah a little practically bit. more or less especially those like thing. weird twins <laughs> oh oh the pesto twins yeah yeah, no, they're kind of creepy, honestly. I don't know think about it. Uh, and then also, what's his face? Uh, hey, Jim June! Um, Jimmy Pesto, J- Jimmy, Jimmy Jr.'s friend. Oh, that something. guy. Uh, yeah. Oh, God, he reminds me of oh that one actor. He's oh, in, oh. He's bounding down. Yeah, no, I know what you're talking uh, Danny McBride. That's, yeah, that's Danny McBride, guy. if he was a child, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. Uh, parkour i'm doing parkour <laughs> god yeah but it was, it was good it was a good movie uh i don't yeah. want to drag it on because i'm just gonna keep repeating myself at this point no that's fair uh but let's move on into i guess just random backlog stuff um if i may i have not one but four Ip man movies to get yeah through. you definitely have at this point more stuff to talk about than i do because like most of the things that are still on my list are shared things that you haven't gotten to yet and like i got a a couple things but a lot of the other things on my list are just like things that are ongoing like spy family and 
now I, I'm playing like Monster Hunter and you should really watch Comey so, can communicate dude you're gonna fucking love it I started that too I just like it's all it's, Netflix and I don't use fun- Netflix all that often anymore I, yeah I watch it through all their means even though I have Netflix there's other because I like the subtitles for the other thing better um, uh, I, like I ended Netflix. up uh, if if I uh, probably when we get to me I'll start talking about um, Darling and the Frogs because that oh, was the anime that I like actually got like dedicated myself to finishing because it's like actually like a complete series Gotcha. Okay. So, you know, guys, Ip Man, starring Donnie Yen, based on the true story of the actual Ip Man. Yeah, here, I think like, that's the how first you say it. few are pretty good, but the last one was, like, a little crazy, but I don't know. They're all pretty, well, they're kind of all crazy, to be honest. Oh, really? But, yeah, so Ip Man, starring Donnie Yen, he's, like, this guy who is teaching, uh, I believe it's all different forms of kung fu, more or less, and they like he lives in a i want to say village it's like some town or small city in mainland china in the four in the 30s or 40s i think it's the 30s starting off and he's a respected sensei like he's the master of his uh place and you know there's all these different schools in the area all the different masters and Sometimes one will get insulted and have to challenge the other and be like, I have to save my face. You have to allow me to challenge you and all this shit. And so like this occurs kind of throughout some of the movies, more or less, when it'll just be random fights and shit. But the big thing about the first one is it's right when Japan invades China. So Ooh, interesting. the first part of it, you see Donnie and family, men's family there. It's him, his wife and a very young son. And they pretty much are wealthy. They're well off. Like they, they have everything they could want. And once Japan comes, they kick every all the wealthy people out. You know, they're, they're more or less homeless and just trying to survive. And it's Japanese occupied China. So everyone's just kind of in shit mode at this point. And it goes from like, it shows the, the town. It's like such a nice sprawling place to now just a, a death place. Like everyone just looks defeated it's all depressing people are starving because they the japanese took all the food and you know for for those that don't know japanese are very 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 horrible or you could even fucking say evil honestly uh when they were occupying china in world war ii for actual history uh just look up things like the rape of nanjing and other you could look up anything of just japan occupying china in world war ii and you'll find out a bunch of atrocities they committed it's pretty fucking bad i don't it's, you know, it's on the level of, oh, yeah, these guys would be allied with the Nazis. It was like that at that point. Uh, but didn't they eventually? <laughs> no, that's what I mean. It's like it, it, it's something you would expect from people that would ally with the Nazis. That's what yeah, I mean. Like, that's so the things okay. they committed. Um, oh, you're saying like you understand why they did later. <laughs> no, I'm saying like it makes sense that they were allies considering the way they treated people. Uh, okay. More like, yeah. So the whole story is pretty much it It just show i'd say like the first half of the film is just establishment of just like hey this is how life is here and then the second half is hey this is occupied japan everything fucking sucks and to the point where it man finds out like oh the japanese are looking for people to do work and you know they get paid barely anything and barely get any food to survive and everything else barely any food to bring back to your family even more so and they're like, oh, well, the, the general that occupies this place, the Japanese general, 
holds a tournament and he will let people fight for whole like bags of rice and if you can win you can take the rice but if you lose you know like either you won't get to take the rice and there's a chance you could uh get your ass beating the shit and so he goes and checks it out and pretty much if someone doesn't obey correctly they just get shot and killed and yeah. there's like the general and his like second in command guy which is second in command guy is like legit like fucking toad man he doesn't actually look like a toad but he's like one of those bastards that you kind of you don't outright hate the general when you see him but when you see his second in command you literally are just like i really really want to watch him die <laughs> like that's literally the attitude you get um he's like this bastard who is looking for any excuse to do something to a woman to kill somebody like one guy one of the other dojo masters he's uh, one of the in charge of one of the schools he wins and beats all these guys and then uh i think he loses to the general himself and tries to fight him and when he loses he goes to pick up uh, all the rice that he won but because uh he lost that last match i guess the second in command guy's like oh you can't take any rice so he shoots him and he's like what the fuck even the general is like why the fuck did you do that and he's like you lost who doesn't deserve the rice or something and that's nuts yeah so uh it man eventually goes in is like he's pissed off he sees him die so he goes and fights like a dozen japanese soldiers and beats the living shit out of them like really really beats the shit out of them more than he ever shows off in his fighting skills before he usually fights to disarm and kind of like just go like oh i won but in this one he like fights to like i'm going to like maim you all <laughs> and he does really well uh and then like the whole thing leads up to like a whole fight against the general and he wins but is shot by the fucking shitty guy uh who ends up finally dying which is great um but it's interesting because like it he inspires all of the chinese there to rise up pretty much and try to take the city back from the japanese like they pretty much start rioting and like taking down soldiers and shit and it, you just you feel the influence he has because the whole thing is he he was the most well-respected guy there and he was one of the wealthiest guys there and then he went back to nothing but because everyone relied on him he was in a position where he's just like fuck it all right i'll fight for everybody and ends up winning to the detriment of his own health for a little bit but movie ends with just like him uh leaving on a truck with uh, a couple people that are like helping him out and it like gets to hong kong like that's where the second and third movie take place is hong kong and in hong kong he pretty much is to like him and his family have nothing like they're just kind of like oh shit this sucks and he has to establish a school there and he's trying to and all the kung fu guys there like no <laughs> fuck you you can't do that and he has to like challenge them to uh pretty much like gain their respect and uh, be allowed to have a school it's kind of like a union thing it's like wait you're not part of the union you can't you can't fight here you gotta you gotta pay us your fee before you can even like train other students and he's like i don't have fucking money dude i'm just trying to make a school so i can't afford to like save my family and shit i was just in occupied japan what do you want from me and uh the the main karate guy i mean not karate sorry kung fu guy that was ignorant of me uh the main uh kung fu guy 
uh, I guess saying Kung Fu guy is also stupid, but the the ma- the main master of the main school in Hong Kong is pretty much also getting kind of like hustled by not hustled but i guess like exploited by british people so in this one in each movie has a different theme of exploitation and i guess you could say imperialism it's a very anti-imperialist movie uh, or i guess series and you know it's being made in china so you're like oh i get it and at the same time you're like well it's not like chinese propaganda too much because they're not wrong I also would not want an imperialist country in my country. I'd be like, I would like you to leave. So I'm like, you know, I can't blame them for this one. So, you know, Ip Man 1 is Japan. Ip Man 2, the British. So, yeah, there's fucking, there's like this British boxer that's this total arrogant piece of shit guy. And he is like the Ivan Drago of the series because Ip Man 2 is legitimately rocky for <laughs> like i kid you not they straight up made like you could feel all the influences of rocky four in it man too and i'm like i see what you did here and they it straight up has so many of the same notes like all right the the master of the the head school pretty much finally befriends it man and they're like getting along and it man's like cool i can make my school enjoy and everything's going well and finally the the chinese have had it up to here with like the the british there and especially with the the boxer there he just kind of beats the shit out of some of the uh kung fu students and stuff just to be like see british boxing i'm fucking amazing and the master finally is like oh i'll fight him and he loses to the point where he keeps getting back up and he's like don't stop the match let me continue this and just like apollo creed he pretty much dies fighting the boxer and so because of that it man's like oh i'll 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 fight the boxer next time then and the whole thing is everyone's uniting going we need like fuck the british they're doing all this shit to us they're treating us like shit this is our land they can't do this to us this is fucked up so it man finally like faces the uh boxer and then beats the shit out of him and all the white people like all the all the british people come and watch like there's all these british people in like the stands and they're like Woo! and he goes and like talks to him and he's like listen i believe in all this shit and it's kind of, it's the same kind of speech that rocky gives to the russians where he's like hey i don't know you guys but you know we're all people and the russians like yeah rocky <laughs> it's like the same thing here where the british are like He's right. Like, yeah, you don't want to fuck the Cold War. Yeah, so it's like Ip Man teaching the British a lesson. And I'm just like, dude, I straight up just watched Chinese Rocky Four, and I was not ready for it. <laughs> um, Rocky, I mean, I was going to say Rocky Three. Ip Man Three <laughs> uh, is like, oh, he's like pretty much the main man of Hong Kong now. Like, he's the... He's like the main master there. He's built himself up. Uh, he's highly respected. And he, he pretty much everything he built in the first movie before the Japanese came. He's like at that status again here. And this one is a sad one because his wife threw it all. Like the, you know, it's the same actor, actor, actress, all that stuff. But uh, I believe here, Ip Man's older son is gone. So he had two sons now. The one from the first two movies is gone. I think he went to go study or go somewhere pretty much. It's like a few years have passed. So now he's a young second son. 
he was about the age of the first son, the first son from the first movie. So he's just like a little, really little kid, goes to school and stuff. And you get new characters like this guy who is like a what do you call the cart runners? Is it just like a cart runner, the guy that runs like carrying the people in the cart? Uh, a rickshaw driver. Is it a rock? Okay, a rickshaw driver. Yeah. So he's like that, but he's like, yo, I'm like really good at fucking kung fu too. Like, uh, but I should have a school, but I can't afford it because I'm a rickshaw driver. And he's like, you can tell he's very envious of it, man. And he thinks he's better than him. So he's working with these kind of shady dudes that are working for a mysterious American who is played by the one, the only Mike Tyson. Yes, Wait, Mike what? Tyson <laughs> is in It Man 3. Mike Tyson wants this school to be vacated so he could turn it into like a part part of his like smuggling thing or whatever business he, he has like a shady business and he wants the school to be part of it like he doesn't actually want it to be a school anymore he wants to tear it down and turn it into something else so naturally and the man's son goes to the school rickshaw driver's man goes to this rickshaw driver's son goes to the school and they have to like uh <clears throat> they have to do like this whole thing of you know how anytime people are trying to like take a place they send people to burn it set it on fire, um, yeah. kidnap people, all that stuff. So they've tried to do all this shit. So um, It Man and his students try to fight, fend them off and everything else. And I think Bruce Lee was already his student at this point. I don't remember. I don't know if you know, Bruce Lee was It Man's student in real life. No, I've, I've heard of that. That's, yeah. that's one of the reasons why these movies are actually so interesting to me, or at least why i am interested in trying them out someday is just because of that in uh the second movie at the end it shows a little kid come in do like the bruce lee thing and he's like i'm bruce lee i want to train and he's like come back when you're older and i think he does that in three i don't remember if he's actually in three at all but more or less it man and his students defend the school uh he has to save like his uh son from the rickshaw uh, him and the rickshaw driver's sons from because the rickshaw driver's son also gets kidnapped with other students by these the, some of the mysterious dudes and so rickshaw dude's like i was working for you guys but you guys took my son so i'm gonna kick your ass now <laughs> and uh it's funny because i think rickshaw dude challenges it man afterwards to uh a fight and it man is like my wife is dying of cancer um i don't want to do i'm just gonna go dance with my wife because the whole time like he keeps uh blowing off time with his wife to like do kung fu shit and he finally is like i'm gonna make time with my wife she's dying i don't want to like i i want to make her happy for all the time she has left and there's crazy fucking fights in this like mike tyson sends some assassin dude to fight him when he's with his wife in an elevator and it's fucking insane like the choreography for these movies are some of the best fighting i've ever seen in any film period um just yeah. the, the the of just in terms of hand combat it's probably the best stuff i've ever seen like it's so fucking good um i mean obviously with guns you have like uh i would say it's up there if not better than like the raid and john wick like mm. it's it's in that area because it's just so all the choreography is just amazing absolutely throughout all four movies and like the third movie Pretty much, uh, he the he blows the match. Like he doesn't go to the match where the rickshaw dude challenged him. So 
by default he wins and is like, oh, I am now the new cool guy in town. And everyone's like, no, you fucking suck. You didn't do shit. <laughs> so uh, eventually it man goes to his school and then beats the shit out of him. But he, like he challenges him to a match and he beats him. And he's like, I was wrong. You are the best. I'm sorry. And Evans is like, ah, you know, no worries, dude. It's fine. And uh, he does at one point fight Mike Tyson to get him to leave the school alone. And it's the only, I think out of all of the fights in all four movies, it's the only fight that ends in a draw because it's Mike Tyson. Uh, and it's one of those lose. things where Mike Tyson has like his fist right at his face, but then he looks and he has like his hand like right at his neck or something. And he's like, you know, it. the funniest thing about this though, because you know, it's like Mike Tyson's like, hey, it's Mike Tyson. It's like when he does the fucking mystery show, let's solve a mystery of Mike Tyson. Uh, he speaks Chinese in this movie at certain points. Oh yeah? Yeah. Is he good? I laughed. I was fucking dying, dude. I was fucking dying. I was laughing so fucking hard. Oh, uh, no. No, it was great. But it's just, it's one of those things that feels so out of character. It's like when you hear um, Common, you know, the rapper Common. Mm-hmm. Remember in John Wick 2 when he speaks Italian? Sorry, you cut out for a second. What? Uh, in John Wick 2 when Common speaks Italian. I don't remember that. Oh, well, it was fucking hilarious. It's like that. <laughs> uh, it just, it's, it, you can tell that they don't normally speak other languages and you just when you see it you're just like oh my god <laughs> was it like in um uh, inglorious bastards it's like arriva dirty uh, yes but with a mike tyson voice and a list oh god so it was great it was fucking it was a dream come true it's everything i've ever wanted really uh, but yeah no that fight was insane it, it's one of the best fights but it ends in a draw because you're like mike tyson doesn't lose like that doesn't make any sense and uh, he's like, all right, you, you know, uh, I'm going to lay off the school. That's fine. And, uh, you know, by the end of it, it's hinted at that his wife passes away. Just, I guess, that's probably what happens in real life. And because she dies of, like, a pretty much terminal cancer that you can't stop. Mm. Um, and so you don't really see his first son after the second movie. Like, he never comes back. You just assume he grew up and started his own life and stuff. Apparently, he started his own kung fu school, too. But uh, his second son, he never really teaches Kung Fu. And in the fourth movie, his son's in high school, I think. And he's kind of a delinquent. He gets into fights with people. He doesn't talk to his dad or respect him. He just kind of like, I guess, like they don't get along at all. And so um, It Man wants to put him in a school in San Francisco Hmm. because he wants him to go overseas because also Man finds out he has cancer and he's dying. Oh, damn. And he's like, I need to, you know, I, I don't want him to be here because obviously things aren't going even well when I'm still alive here. I need to send him to uh, San Francisco because, you know, he'll have a nice American school. I hear great things about it. People will go there and come back and they're better than they were before and all this stuff. And so also like when he was teaching people in China, like a this guy comes in uh and it's like i think it's like the 70s at a certain point so the, this black dude comes with like a fro and everything and you know for china they're like huh <laughs> and he's like yo what's up guys <laughs> it's so funny because you know he's talking like this and none of them understand him because they don't speak english but he also doesn't speak chinese so there's uh. just like a weird language barrier that ends up causing a fight that it man has to break up weird okay and he's like oh no my sensei wanted me to give you this he's bruce lee and it causes issues not there but in san francisco so a man travels over there and it kind of is slightly a reoccurrence of 
it's i guess why people may not like that one as much is because it feels like a rehash of it man 2 where he comes in as a newcomer he's not moving to san francisco but he goes there it's already established like there's already people there um it has its own you know multiple kung fu schools and none of them like bruce lee's school because he's teaching outsiders when i say outsiders people that aren't chinese and the whole thing is like uh chinatown's dealing with racism and it's interesting too watching this one because it's like oh it's our chinatown and there's like all these kung fu schools and this i'm watching it going like there's like all these kung fu schools in chinatown what the fuck <laughs> um and i'm like that's cool man but i'm like oh right it's the 70s i forgot mm. <laughs> and uh the whole thing there is you have all these different arcs going on you have oh, everyone's kind of angry at Bruce Lee. And then Bruce Lee's like, I could kick anyone's ass. And he like fights these random guys, beats the shit out of them. And you're like, you get your, you get your, oh, cool, Bruce Lee fights moment. And it's really fun just watching Bruce Lee do Bruce Lee shit. And you're like, oh, right, he's Bruce Lee. You're not going to win against Bruce Lee. Um, so it's fun watching that. But then you find out like, oh, the villains in this one are kind of like the Marine Corps that are stationed at Presidio. Uh, because one of the, uh, one of Bruce Lee's students is a Marine and he wants to introduce Kung Fu to the Marine Corps training there. And they're like, no, man, we only do Kung Fu here. Or not Kung Fu, uh, karate, karate. And I think karate is Japanese. I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. And so they're like, we only do karate here. It's superior and fuck you for thinking differently. And it's super weird. And it's like, they get really racist and I'm like. Karate is also, ja it's Japanese, it's Asian. Why are you, why are you getting angry at the Chinese? <laughs> it's, it felt very kind of like weird where I'm like, it feels like the Marines, they were only racist against Chinese and not Japanese, but it, it was it was really bizarre. I don't know. Um, but it's supposed to be based on a true story too there. Like all of it's hmm. supposed to be based on a true story. Because uh, eventually like this is what helps create Kung Fu training in the Marine Corps. Like it actually eventually does happen. They, they say it at the end of the movie. But um the chinatown like head uh, kung fu guy there is like kind of same as the one in two where he's like you know screw you and where you came from and it made him kind of become friends at a certain point but uh this dude he has a daughter and she's like this high school girl who gets picked on by the white girls there because she's not white and because she's like oh cool you're like you get to choose the new cheer routine because she's like a cheerleader and it's like oh you know uh, you did a great job and the white girls there are like fuck you you're not better than us and like say all the shit and she's like yo fuck you guys too and then they like it's actually kind of infuriating it's it's very infuriating when i watched it because these girls get the this girl gets these guys to beat this girl up and i'm like wait 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 you got these guys to go beat up this girl what the fuck <laughs> and she puts up a bit of a fight at first um but it, it, it gets to a point where this the white girl gets injured. She tells her dad, who's like a big, I guess, like immigration guy. So then he cracks down on Chinatown going like, oh, cool. We're going to deport you guys and like all this shit. Uh, how and, does this all loop back to like Ip Man's son? Uh, you never see, you barely see his son. It's just basically oh. Ip Man navigating San Francisco because he's now he's dragged into all the San Francisco business huh. so he just well, like, happens there. he get he just comes to san francisco oh no no, no. Like... sorry 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 so basically the reason it's wrapped up in it is 
the only way his son can get into uh, the school is if he gets approval from the Chinese organization, the Chinatown organization, that's kind of the head of it. And okay. the head is the guy who's in charge of the Kung Fu school there. And he doesn't like it, man, because that man trained Bruce Lee and Bruce Lee's school is giving them grief for existing because they allow outsiders in. Okay. So that's why. So it man kind of like he helps the guy's daughter a lot. Like she pretty much starts calling him uncle at a certain point because they get close. And um, pretty much like the all the shit happens with the Marine Corps. This like drill sergeant beats up all these uh, Kung Fu masters and shit. So it man beats the shit out of this guy and uh, the Marine who's in Bruce Lee's Kung Fu school gets it all on camera and is like, see, we can do Kung Fu and the gunnery sergeant, which I was very sad. I'm like, why do you got to make the gunnery sergeant the villain, man? My grandpa was a gunnery sergeant, but like the gunnery sergeant's like, uh, I'll teach you guys to like, I'll teach you guys to think that like karate is not as good as Kung Fu. So he goes to fucking, he goes to the, uh, place where all the kung fu masters are and just beats the shit out of all of them like one by one just beats the absolute shit out of them and then they're like oh god the immigration place is gonna come raid us too now and they have to like hide out in bruce lee's school and uh it ends up with like it man having to fight this guy but also it man's been like not doing so well because i think the cancer is starting to yeah but he still ends up beating him like still beats the shit out of this guy and like i think a general or colonel's watching and he's like you know i like this kung fu this is pretty dope guys uh yeah and ends up like uh he goes back to china and it's like you know what you don't need to go back to san francisco that's cool we're gonna we're gonna gonna stay in school here it'll be fine and he ends up dying uh at the end and you know you see like bruce lee and his son pay respects and everyone else too and it's pretty much it's you know it's sad it's sad watching it end and it basically overall, I don't want to get too like deep into each one, but like basically they're all really great films. I, mean, I watched them all back to back more or less. So it felt really, really good watching each one and the mm. progression it all made. And like I said, like the story is based on all the truth there. Obviously there'll be some differences, I'm sure. But more or less, Donnie Yen does an amazing job as it men. And the choreography is amazing. The stories are really good. It doesn't feel stupid. Like it, you know, if I have to compare it to Rocky, this feels much more believable, more or less. Uh, I don't believe, you know, it's Rocky going to Russia to fight fucking Ivan Drago and shit. And you're like, what the fuck is this, is this Cold War boxing match? So this is, you know, this this does a really good job with it. Um, and it's more modern. It, it's a great time. And I see why, like, oh, this is why Donnie Yen is a fantastic actor. Like, I want to now watch more shit with Donnie Yen in it easily. But yeah, sorry, that was a... Uh, it man one through four and that took way longer than i thought sorry about that <laughs> no nah, no worries uh so we have 50 minutes yeah uh i could easily get through uh, uh darling in the frogs All right. so this anime was recommended to me a while ago just because i was like i was talking to someone about anime and i they were like oh what kind of anime do you like and i said pretty much anything with mechs uh i i love giant robot mechs like those so they recommended darling in the frogs and i started watching it a while ago and it's so weird to start off like so even just like the design of the mechs are strange because i mean each mech which they call fronks each fronks requires two pilots and it has to be a male and a female pilot 
and it like i almost like stopped watching this anime because the way that the pilots are arranged in the cockpit is so like clearly designed just be fan service for like fans who love like objectifying sex service stuff because like literally the girl has to be like straddling like the center console thing with her butt facing the dude and then these like handles come up off of her legs and those are like have you ever watched like evangelion i still have to watch it now um you know they probably do similar shit in uh you know i'll just look up darling in the fronks and uh, i'm just gonna look it up really yeah fast. and like keep going keep going so like literally like basically the dude like the handles of the mech that the dude ho- like holds onto to control the mech are attached to the girl's butt so it's like it seems unnecessarily like uh sexualized and so i was like oh this is one of those animes where it's like wacky just for the sake of wacky and they like it's all sex appeal and like whatever so i i thought i was just gonna like stop watching it after a few episodes do you see it (laughs) yeah dude that shit's weird (laughs) but like what the fuck who designed this i have no idea oh my god (laughs) but like what's even weirder is like so it took me a while to understand what was happening because like the dudes seem to be piloting the mechs and the girls seem to become like the the like they inhabit not inhabit they seem to possess the mech itself so like they both have full control of the mech the girl seems to basically possess the body of the mech so mm-hmm. whenever like they are talking to like other teammates and like the girl is talking, it's like the face of the mech that's talking. And they like have way more humanoid faces than normal, like or than like any other mech uh, anime I've seen. Like Gundam, they still look pretty like robotic. Even Gellion, they look like kind of monstrous, but like none of them seem to have like humanoid expressions let alone like fully moving lips and shit like that so it was like very strange from the get-go and what's even stranger is like i kept watching and i (laughs) i eventually i eventually stopped actually giving a shit about the mech stuff because like that least interesting thing in the show like they there's like a long stretch of time where they're like out of the mechs and i didn't care because like this show like you start to very like maybe it was because i was like half paying attention for the beginning of it but like it seemed like the they don't tell you what's why the world is the way it is and like yeah who designed those mechs (laughs) and like why the kids are fighting these uh things called claxazors which are basically just like half robotic lizard things Mm -hmm. uh and it literally just it the first at first it just seemed like a generic thing that was designed just to have like mech fights uh but you know they're at eventually you start to get bits and pieces of like why the world is the way it is and like why all the kids are just their names are numbers for the most part and like one of the main characters is this like pink-haired girl with like red horns who they even say like she is not human like they insinuate early on that she has like claxazor blood in her somehow and she just goes by zero two 
because her number is literally zero zero two. Um, and I guess the reason why the show is called Darling in the Bronx is like the main character could not, he was like training to be a, a Bronx pilot, but like couldn't do it or whatever. Like he kept not pairing with anyone. And then like this girl zero two showed up and shit went crazy midway through a fight. Like her pilot died and he was like, oh. and he was like, the main character was nearby hero. The main character's like nickname is hero. Cause I think his number is like zero one six. Don't know why I remember that, but like, so he ends up piloting a, a like basically the best Franks with her. And it's like one, he's like, Oh my God, I'm a natural at this. And two, there's this weird thing early on where anyone who pilots a Franks with, zero two like they've only ever been able to do it three times and then they die and it's like so very early on it's all about like hero is like still continuing to pilot with her even though it's like literally killing him and then like he goes for the third pilot run and like it almost kills him and then he's just like kind of gets gets out of it or not he gets over dying <laughs> and just like, you know, I'm done with this. I'm going to live. Like he basically, he sees zero two, like still fighting for her life. And he's like, wait, this is really selfish of me to like, just leave her alone like this. I want to help her. And he just like gets back up. It's just like, Oh, I have decided I will not die. Yeah. Which I do. The first image I look at, it just, it comes with text saying, quit wit- making weird noises. <laughs> Oh yeah, dude! Like early on when they're doing the like, pi- like testing their, uh, like syncing up for like piloting different fronks, like the girls are yeah doing like little moans and stuff, and it's just like why I don't know because because anime, <laughs> uh, but so where this show started getting interesting to me was like after the whole like you know hero pairing with zero two and stuff like that, and you know kind of explaining you know these kids got to fight the Klaxosaurs. You start to see like what cities are like now. Like everyone lives in these mobile dome cities and like the surface world is basically uninhabitable for some reason. And apparently humanity at some time, at some point figured out immortality. And so like everyone kind of just lives forever and as a byproduct, we've literally lost our ability to have children. So Ooh. that like brings into, into question, like, well, wait, but then where did the main characters come from? Cause they're all children. And we keep hearing that like Franks pilots don't live on to become adults. Like they never, they just never do. And they keep talking about stuff like, like the, the child, fever and stuff like that where they like they literally just start getting sick for no reason and like the you as a reward for doing so well like the the main character's team gets to like go into the city at one point because apparently frong's pilots they just live on the outskirts of the city protecting the cities from uh the claxes wars and they just never get to see the people that they are protecting and so they get to go into the city at one point and one of them like gets lost and like 
gets to wander around the city a little bit more and he and he gets picked up by someone who's like oh i can you can come back to my apartment and i'll like call someone to pick you up no problem and so in that's where you get to learn a little bit more of what life is like for humanity at that point and it's so sad because like it's a vision of humanity where we're so far advanced that like not only have we figured out immortality and like we can basically keep our ourselves healthy indefinitely we've also figured out just like how to automate everything so we don't have to worry about any um like worries like how to feed ourselves how to like you know take shelter and stuff like that so we don't really need any like each other anymore so the everyone's antisocial or like yeah just everyone just stays in their little apartment pods like alone because they're like we well why would i want to rely on anyone like the it literally this person was like relying on other people is a chore so why wouldn't i want to just do whatever i want to do which is just exist essentially. And like this person even had a partner in her apartment and she calls it like, Oh yeah, we, we go, we're doing this uh, ancient ritual where people would, you know, pair together and live together. And, but like her partner was just in this like kind of stasis chamber looking thing. And like the, uh, the kid that was like there, you know, asked like, well, why is he smiling like that? Cause he just has this like, helmet on and he's got this creepy smile on and she's like oh he's just stimulating the part of his brain that makes him happy and she's like yeah so like this guy it's like it they basically have the technology to just make yourself happy and i guess this guy is like well i'm immortal i don't need to work for anything anymore i don't need to eat i don't need to sleep all I really need is to be happy and I can make myself happy by just turning that part of my brain on. And he just stays in that pod forever. And literally the, the, the woman that was talking to the kid was like, Oh yeah, it's been so long since I talked to him that I don't even remember his voice anymore. And they live together. And I was just like, it's horrifying. Yeah. And I was just like, fuck, did this show get really deep, really fast? Like it talk about like the philosophical questions of what happens if we keep going down our route, our route of like automating Social everything media and, and, and yeah, VR and, and, and like giving ourselves the ability to distance ourselves and like, is that good? And so then like the rest of the show ends up being a lot about like, you know, going over why these kids are different and why like they are like why it's important for them to make those connections, not just as Franks pilots, but just like why humanity needs each other and why we need to make these connections because we are better for it. And it's just like, by the end of the show, I was like, yo, is this like literally the one of the best romance shows I've ever seen? Like they snuck that into a mecha anime? Like, oh my God. So it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, once you get past the the piloting through the ass. Yeah. You know, just <laughs> and so that's the thing. It's like, it's so, it's going to be a show that's so hard for me to recommend to people because I'm going to be like, you have to get through the silly shit in like the first 10 or so episodes. You have to get and the then it gets shit. into some like deep questioning shit that's like actually worth your time. Okay. Like the, 
like when zero two and uh hero like li- like there is a story later on where you find out that they like actually met each other once as kids and their memories were wiped and you're just like oh shit that explains so much shit and like you you get so in or at least i got so invested in their love story of just like constantly being pulled apart and them knowing that they need each other and like despite everything everyone else is saying like that's the only thing that is true to them that they need to like uh find each other again is it was i was so invested it was a really good anime honestly darling in the frogs just get through the weird shit in the beginning and it's absolutely worth it (laughs) Is it like a 26 episode show or something? Um, oh God, let me look it up on uh, Crunchyroll real quick. Okay. It's only like one season, I assume, right? Yeah, it's it's a finished show, so it's it's not like ongoing. Um, but otherwise, I guess that's all the time we got too, right? I think. Yeah, oh, it's like a little bit over an hour. Um, damn, I was I, 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 it's too long on the man. Too much shit, man uh but oh jesus i uh oh man I, there was a lot more of it than i wa- thought there's like seven wait or is that oh hold on i keep forgetting uh crunchyroll um splits it up into like different yeah they yeah they do languages but... so it is 24 episodes oh that's not bad at all yeah that's yeah. easy okay yeah i just um... saw like 162 episodes and i was like how do i watch that in like three weeks <laughs> Real fast, I'm actually, dude, I'm finally, uh, I knocked out some video games. I don't yeah. know if I told you. It, I, not really. Like, I went through and tried them, and I was like, no, I'm good. Mm. I don't want to do these. And oh, it's funny, fair. like, uh, it was uh, Ninja Gaiden Sigma Plus, which I, I did a couple levels of it. And I was just kind of like, eh, I, don't need, it's, I don't need to do this. Uh, Velocity, which is, I think, a PSP Mini, I want to say before. Oh, I and then um, I tried Sound Shapes. It just wasn't for me personally. Really? Uh, I really liked it at the time. It was cool, but it, it just, I, I was like, ah, it's, it's okay. I, I'm sure if they make a new version, I'll play that or something. But I got, how many, I'm almost, dude, like, eventually the Vita's going to be retired. But I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight Vita games left, and then Vita will be retired. And I can finally really try using my Switch, I guess. Nice. <laughs> I honestly don't know if I'm going to play all these games. Next is Gravity Rush. I'm for sure probably going to play that, though. Ooh, I like that one. Yeah, I still kind of so, want to get the uh, remaster and play uh, 2. Did they remaster the first one for console? Yeah. Oh, they did? Mm-hmm. Um, Pretty sure. Hmm. I'll probably just do the Vita version. It's okay. Yeah, no, it's um, still totally playable on Vita, for sure. Yeah, so I'll do that. And I'll see how much how many of those I actually, actually play through, so I'm not too sure. But, uh, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been Sutra Side Talk, guys. Um, just to kind of give you guys an idea of what we got. I guess you could say cooking more or less. Um, there's at least for this show for Sutra Side Talk, uh, the I, I made a list of like all the topics or like the the main featured things will be kind of going through uh, over the next couple months, if anything. Uh, this month and next are probably honestly longer than that. But um, we've got Top Gun Maverick, uh, which Miles wants to be on here for. <laughs> he really <laughs> wants to talk about this. We'll we'll talk about both Top Gun movies, uh, Lightyear. Jurassic World Dominion. So, like, those movies. Uh, we also have uh, the Witch Queen Part 2 that we still have to get to, which will be the other portion oh, of the expansion yeah. we haven't talked about, plus season of the Risen. 
and 30th anniversary. Hopefully Andreas should be able to make that on with us too. Uh, we'll talk when the show's finish. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, The Boys Season 3, Miss Marvel, Stranger Things 4. Uh, we also so got Thor like Love and Thunder happening. To watch. Right, dude? Isn't it fucking... <sighs> isn't that... Yeah, I know. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, Ryan from uh, the Across the Bifrost podcast. Uh, he was just on with us. I met him for the first time on Sutra Sidewatch where we talked about the Lord of the Rings movie, the animated one. Uh, he was on with us for that. And he with the Thor podcast, I'm like, oh, who better than to have to talk with us for Thor Love and Thunder? Uh, and he's like really big into comics. So he'll be able to explain th- certain things like comparisons and everything else. Oh, yeah. uh, really looking forward to that. And then uh, we also have um, potentially, because I really want to play them both until Dawn in the Quarry. We'll do like a double feature episode on that as well. Um. Of course, not all of these will be individual episodes. I'm sure we'll pair some of these up together, like, for sure. I don't see why we wouldn't. Uh, the only thing I know for sure will be standalone is, like, Witch Queen Part 2. Uh, the rest, I'm not too sure, because all of the shows we can always double up, if anything, and a lot of the movies as well. But we got all that. Uh, that'll be all. Those are all pretty much for sure the topics we got coming on. The only things I see coming that could be, like, inserted or artificially just thrown in there would be if playstation or ubisoft come in with like hey here's our showcase yeah and we, we do that uh otherwise oh, yeah, for sure ubisoft hasn't the... announced anything yet yeah and i think they they, they said they'd do another one they have a lot of stuff honestly that they're supposed to talk about so there isn't so many tom clancy and assassin's creed and uh avatar and fucking skull and bones and shit yeah, i wonder how many games they're gonna announce sam fisher for this year that aren't splinter cell yeah <laughs> um Otherwise, uh, Sutra Sidewatch, we've been no, catching up. I bet we up. can make Sam Fisher in uh, the Boss Factory. Christ. Uh, <laughs> Sutra Sidewatch, oh, you could actually do that. You probably could yep. make Sam Fisher in the Boss Factory. Son of a bitch. Uh, that's a <laughs> reference to the Saints Row <laughs> Boss Factory. <laughs> anyway, uh, Sutra Sidewatch, uh, we have now completed January, which was uh, Spike Lee. March, which was Miyazaki and uh, Takahata. Uh, Grave of the Fireflies and uh, My Neighbor Totoro. And we've done, uh, we finished recording, which I think by now you can hear uh, for Ralph Bakshi. Uh, we have Wizards 1997 or 1977, that animated film, and the animated Lord of the Rings, which I think comes out this week as well. It'll come out, uh, this comes out Monday. That'll be a Wednesday. And then um, we're going to do uh, next, actually, James. You can be on it with us for this one. Uh, we'll eventually, sometime this month, record Goldfinger to do February Bond. But just Goldfinger for now. Uh, we'll get through the other Bond stuff later. But we'll probably do just Goldfinger and then License to Kill with Timothy Dalton. Uh, followed by like uh, our um, Akira Kurosawa, Sergio Leone month, which will be um, Yojimbo and Fistful of Dollars. So mm-hmm. we got all that stuff coming up uh for cut of steel i've because i've had to work on our game and which actually guys check out our game right now actually i almost forgot uh the we changed the name or we had we changed the project name to the real name keepsake county on steam we have a demo that's only available part of june that you can play otherwise you can pay i believe it's going to be 4.99 on itch.io for early access to it but it's a midwestern stealth game uh, stealth Ooh. theft game where you can steal from these houses and it's got a lot of different features if you hear any voices that's literally just me if nice. it's a guy that's just my voice um i've been doing all the sound design for it 
but we want to make sure we got into the Steam Next Fest. So we're in there. That should be out already happening, which the demo will be available and everything else. But uh, yeah, check that out. Um, I'll still have to work on it. I'm working on a bunch of things right now. There's like a short film and other shit and traveling and things is so much. Um, yeah, so that's Sutra Side Talk. And, uh, you know, subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. Uh, whether it's uh, Apple Podcasts, give us five stars for that for a review. That would really, really help us out. If it is Spotify, please rate us. And if it is uh, YouTube, please uh, like and subscribe, of course. And of course, uh, follow on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at Sutraside Talk. And you can follow James on Twitter at InvaderJim124 and me on Twitter at GogoComzilla. And uh, until. Uh, next time with episode 155 and i actually don't know what we're doing yet uh catch you later and have a great week so long thanks for listening